Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, your host, and as always, I thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to touch on the topic of saying goodbye to beloved pets who have passed on. We cover this topic periodically because as much as we hope our pets will live forever, they're only with us a short time, and this can be very difficult emotionally. There are a whole lot of people out there who don't understand how difficult pet loss is and will even try to make you feel bad for feeling bad about your own pets passing away. Well, to counter that whole mindset, I've invited Melody Jamali from Beautiful Life Earns to the program today. She has some great ideas for celebrating the lives of our four-legged family members who pass on. Then, after our halftime break, Kim Sterla, the executive director and founder of Animal Place, will be checking in to discuss the very ironic practice of shelters and rescues having animals on the menus of their fundraisers. It's a topic that is definitely worth talking about. So stay right where you are, and we'll get started after a very quick station break here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining us first this morning is Melody Jamali from Unbelvi Memorial Urns. Good morning, Melody. Good morning, Marie. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm excited to hear all about what Unbelvi is. Well, Unbelvi is an online retailer selling artistic, custom, and traditional urns. Oh, okay, and these are for our pets? Correct. Okay, so I think it's always good to talk about this sort of thing well in advance just so that people can start getting an idea for what they might want to do when that dreaded day comes along. And I'm wondering, what prompted you to get into the business of selling urns? Well, we lost our 21-year-old son in 2009, so Mm -hmm. we struggled to find an urn that, you know, really best represented who he was and that would help us memorialize and remember the life that he lived, um, even though it was rather short. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we launched Umbelvi on his birthday in 2010, and, you know, it was primarily to provide families with a wide selection of of alternatives um, to help them celebrate. Oh, okay. Well, that's fabulous. So you have a big collection of different items that people can choose from to celebrate the life of their loved ones. And I understand that your urns in particular are quite decorative. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how do you de- how do you go about finding such artistic urns? Well, you know, after Eric passed, we were presented with the very basic funeral home selection that are fairly traditional. If you think urn, you know, you think of the metal vase-shaped vessel, and we really wanted to offer different options. So I initially went online. Um, Google is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And we found um, some of our artists online and others by traveling the country. We attend uh, gallery events and art shows regularly, and then we also have referrals from other artists who have already become Umbel V artists and um, refer others to, our, to us as well. 
Wow, that's very cool. I have to ask you, was your son a big animal person? He was. Um, we still have his Rottweiler with us, um, you know, So, and our, our other children have pets as well. So uh, so you're a pet family. Uh, we are a pet family and <laughs> have been for years and years and years. Well, it's so sweet that you established this company that helps both uh, people and animals, and I'm sure that would have meant a lot to him. And what an incredible thing. Tell me a little bit about your journey when you first started the company and where you're at now and what kind of reaction you're getting. Um, it's, you know, the general overall reaction from people, either in speaking with them directly or feedback that we get um, from people shopping on our website is that, you know, overall they're amazed at the selection mm-hmm. that's there. Um, you know, virtually anything uh can either be made or, again, um, the selection is fairly vast, and we strive to give people as many options as possible. Okay. And you have customization involved in the process. Can you describe that a little bit more? Certainly. Um, We offer, again, artistic pieces that are generally one of a kind, as in the artist will make them. He or she may be able to make another, but, you know, obviously because they're handmade, they'll never be completely identical. Um, We offer semi-custom urns. uh, That is where we have an existing urn that you can perhaps customize using um, different colors or adding crystals or, you know, different sizes, engraving the urn. And then the fully custom urns are pieces that we collaborate on with the pet owner, and Mm -hmm. they can be virtually anything. I mean, the sky is pretty much the limit. We can do sculpted things. Um, So say you want a sculpt of your cat or dog. Um, Oh, wow. Yes, they send us pictures. We have done several of those. Um, We've even created one where the pet was used to love digging through the trash. So we've created a sculpture of him digging through the trash. He would dig paper towels out. So there's this telltale little piece of paper towel sticking in his mouth as his paws are draping over the corner of the trash can. So, you know, it's it's pretty much anything. Um, We've even, I have an artist that can uh, paint cameo images of of your pet on a traditional metal urn or completely paint the metal urn, you know, all over. We've done one that was very, very intricate, detailed, that kind of replicated, if you will, the Beauty and the Beast library. Oh, okay. Um, And and the pet um, dog was sitting on a chair that she loved in the library. And so, yeah, it it was done on a metal urn, completely all the way around, and every little element was hand-painted, and then we added some Swarovski crystals to it. So Now, did you mention that you have some of these images on your website? We do. We do. Um, on, our, on our pet page, uh, you can, there's a Create a Custom Earn tab there, um, and there are images of some of the custom work that we have done. And usually when we discuss it with a pet owner, you know, we try to see what they're most interested in, what avenue they want to go, and then I can always supply them additional pictures of things we have done in the past. Okay, and what is the website? Um, it's www.decorative-earns.com. Okay, decorative-earns.com. Mm-hmm. What's the process for somebody... I'm. It's hard to to talk about this because when you get to that point, suddenly you're at the veterinarian and all of a sudden there's a decision of whether or not to euthanize and 
if you euthanize, what do you do to ensure that you can have your pet cremated and that you can get the remains? And do the remains go to your company? How does that all work? Um, well, when the time comes and you have to make the decision, I always suggest strongly that if you can do it, opt for a private pet cremation. Okay. Um, that should ensure that it's just your pet and your pet alone. Um, then you can, you know, you can contact us. The, the cremation process with pet crematories or through a vet's office, you know, usually take several days. It's not something that happens too quickly. So you have some time, mm-hmm. and you will usually get the cremains back in a, a con- temporary container. I mean, if you're opting to create an urn or order something else online, um, you know, I would let I would let them know. Um, and then you can either go online or contact us to um, help you if you want to do a, a custom piece. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not accept the cremains, but we, you know, we generally know the pet owner should uh, be prepared to provide, you know, the pet's weight at the time of cremation, perhaps mm-hmm. the breed, um, and then we can best determine then, you know, what size. And then it, we really just go into the design phase at that point if they want to do a custom piece. Okay, so that that is an important factor then is is how much the animal would weigh so that you could get the proper sized urn. Correct, correct. Okay. And then how long does it generally take to get well, a completed urn back? For example, if you do, you know, the painted version, again, depending on how detailed, if we're just doing a, a pet cameo portrait for for instance, we usually can have those done in about seven to ten days from oh, the time fast. the order is placed. Yeah, and then shipping, you know, depending where you are in the country, it's usually an additional one to five business days. Okay. If you do a sculpted urn, those are obviously a lot more detailed. Um, I work with my local sculptor, and the pet owner would send us images um, of the pet if we're, you know, sculpting the pet or if it's a toy, you know, and we would go ahead and sculpt it in clay and send images back for them to review and approve, Mm -hmm. and then we have to create the mold from which the urn will be cast, and then, you know, there's the whole casting process, the hand finishing and the hand painting. So that can run anywhere from six to maybe 12 weeks, again, just depending on how detailed the sculpt is. So would you then recommend that somebody who has a pet who maybe is getting near the end that they start considering this now and maybe going ahead and and placing an order and, you know, perhaps storing it for two or three or four or ten years and that way they'll have it when the need arises? I certainly think that's easier. I mean, anytime you're faced with the trauma of losing your pet, um, you know, you generally aren't thinking too clearly i mean you're obviously distressed so if if you have an idea that you know that this is coming it it would be a good idea you're you know a little bit more open-minded you're a little calmer and i think in deciding how to proceed or what kind of memorial you want to create Mm -hmm. you know gathering the information or the photos or anything else that would help my artists um create that piece for you would probably be best if it was done ahead of time. Okay. And do you partner with any crematory services for pet owners? For their pets? No, we don't currently. Okay, okay. So that's something that they should research ahead of time too then, just so that they're all squared away. I know nobody likes to think about it, but it's better to have all this stuff taken care of now so that, and, and the same goes through, 
is true for people, too. I, I know that most people try and have plans way in advance so that their loved ones don't need to deal with it later. And I think for pet owners, they need to try and plan ahead as well so that when they're in the process of grieving, they don't need to say, okay, I got to call a crematory service. What did they say? Or how do I get my urn? How long does that take? So just to get this all done now, that's probably the best way to go. Yes, I would I would highly recommend it. Okay. And what's the price range of the pet urns that you've described today? We offer the traditional metal urns as low as $45, and then quite honestly, the size limit. But generally speaking, your average... Um, pet urn will cost around $100. Okay. And so $100 for, like, basic customization then? Correct, okay. correct. Okay. And 45 for no customization whatsoever? And right. That would smaller. just be your more traditional metal, okay. you know, pet urn that you that we have available for shipment. Excellent. Before I let you go, let's give out your web address one more time. It's www.decorative-urns.com. Wonderful. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Kim Sterla from Animal Place will be chatting with me about the very ironic practice of serving animals as menu items at many fundraising events for animal causes. So stay right where you are, and we'll be right back on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and with me now is Kim Sterla, the founder and executive director of Animal Place. Welcome to the Pet Place. Thank you. <laughs> That's a, a lucky coincidence there. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, let me ask you, what is the Animal Place? We are Animal Place is a sanctuary and an education center, and we rescue. Um, animals that unfortunately most people just see as food. So it's pigs and cows and chickens and turkeys and goats and rabbits, all what people consider as farm animals. Okay, and and where is that located? Well, we have two sanctuaries. Both are in California. We have one in Grass Valley. That's our main sanctuary in the Sierra Foothills. And and then our other um, rehabilitation, rescue, and adoption site is in Vacaville, which is closer into the Bay Area. Okay. And people can come on by and and visit and learn all about the personalities of farm animals and see them differently than food. They they sure can. Our Grass Valley Sanctuary is open six days a week, and we do guided tours, and and then people can also go on self-guided tours, and Ah. they can come up close nose to snout or nose to beak with with all the critters here. (laughs) That sounds fun. Now, the reason I've invited you on this show is a topic that has always irked me. I'm I'm very involved in the humane world, and, and I go to a lot of fundraisers. And at almost every fundraiser I go to, they serve animals for the food. It's like, yep. come on, people. <laughs> get get with on? it, huh? Yeah, I had pet chickens growing up, yeah, and so I know their little personalities and how fun and intelligent they are, and and the yeah. fact that you know they're being served up for dinner at these humane fundraisers, it just kills me. 
What's, what's, I, your, I what's your thought on that? Well, I, I started my animal protection work um, working in shelters, humane societies and animal control agencies for the first 10 or 15 years. Um, and this has always been, like you, one of the main issues that has bothered me for, for decades. It just defies logic mm-hmm. that you would be you would be protecting one species and then serving another for food, that you mm-hmm. would be an advocate for dogs and cats, but, you know, you'd be serving these animals that have had a horrific life mm-hmm. at, at your functions, that it doesn't seem to be a consistent philosophy. You know, I liken it to the Lung Association having a fundraiser, and then they're going to put ashtrays on the dinner table. <laughs> it doesn't make or sense. Or put a pack of cigarettes and goodie bags that you take exactly. home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Oh my goodness. So so what are you trying to do to to address this? Well, our Food for Thought program is proactively reaching out to primarily the sheltering community and asking them to consider adopting a plant-based um diet for all their functions, be it a staff barbecue or for a board meeting or for a fundraising event that don't serve animals, okay. and preferably no animals or their, or their byproducts. And what and kind of we, response are you getting? Well, you know, it's a slow go. Mm-hmm. It's a better response than when we first started the program when we launched it over 10 years ago. Um, some shelters have been practicing that, but it's not a formal policy. We want to make so it doesn't reverse when you have a new administration. Um, there's some that won't even take the issue up for, for consideration. Okay. And then there's some that, that are certainly open to it. We have many times volunteers from shelters reaching out to us, sometimes staff from shelters reaching out to us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's ideal because then we can give them the information that they can present to their executive director. What information will they be taking back with them? Well, we have a very excellent website, foodforthoughtcampaign.org, that is packed with information. We also have then a a handout, which has the basic information, just four pages. Mm -hmm. And then we have a recently produced video. It's eight minutes long. You can easily show it um, at your board meeting. And it has different um, representatives from shelters, animal control, humane societies, addressing the issue as to why it's a good idea to jump on board, to get with the program, <laughs> and try to have a more consistent message. And all that information is free. We will send out the, the video to, to any shelter that, that asks. And I might say we've got an extra bonus that if a shelter adopts a policy, um, we have a $250 grant for them. Wow. Well, yeah. heck, they should all take advantage. And I understand you're also awarding uh, a total of $25,000 in grants to de- to deserving organizations who implement the policy. So is that divided up uh, to the 250 amount, or do you have like a special grand prize or anything like that for people who go above and beyond? You know, we don't have a special grand prize. We just have the first 100 shelters adopting the policy that we have that $250 grant available to them. Okay. Um, now, do you, do you provide menu ideas? Because sometimes people who plan these events, they have no imagination, and all they could think of is, okay, 
vegetables. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? What do we do? Steamed vegetables on white rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have it on our website. And, and you know, it's really so very easy, be it Mexican or Chinese or Thai or Italian, um, Indian. Um, it's just so easy to make those dishes. Um, preferably vegan and certainly vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So, and nowadays, with my goodness gracious, the wide array of faux cheeses and faux meats, that um, it it doesn't take too much um, too much effort no. really to turn that that menu into a an animal friendly one. Not at all. I've I've actually been really enjoying the the faux meat. I know a lot of um, vegan friends of mine give me a hard time because they're. They're very vigilant, and they say you just should not eat anything that even resembles meat. But I use the faux meat in a lot of recipes, and and I think it's great. And and a lot of people do. And and I and gosh, Target now they even have their own chain of faux meat. Really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah, it came out a couple of months ago. I, I went down there to purchase it just to try it, so I could you know decide to refer people. And it's my goodness gracious, how mainstream is that? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I know when I go to the grocery store, they have uh, fake meatballs now. They have fake uh, fish fillets. And you really can't tell the difference. So I serve them to my meat-eating friends all the time when they come over. And and they have no clue until the meal's over. And I tell them, you know, that was (laughs) not meat. Well, and the faux cheeses are getting, I mean, goodness gracious, some of the nut-based cheeses are just delicious right now. Yeah, everything's really moving fast and coming a long way. I know 20 years ago, really, all you had was uh, tofu and and uh, vegetables, and, and people weren't really excited about that. But now there's That's so true. much you can That's true, powdered soy milk. That yeah. was about it. <laughs> yeah. Now you can get it everywhere, and, and you can, there are so many delicious recipes out there because people are really sharing what they've learned, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just awesome. It's a lot of fun. So I really would love to see this get implemented at any humane fundraiser. That's I, I was at a really big, I won't say the name of the organization because they're a very, very, very big organization, and um, they actually served veal at their fundraiser. Oh, my gosh. I was kidding. appalled. <laughs> oh, when we go off the air, I need to know who that was. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can tell you because I have to be friendly with them. <laughs> it's just, it, oh. it, it really is, is astounding. Um, it speaks to, I mean, until our humane societies, and that's, that's you know, we have them in, in all counties across across the United States, and they are really seen as as the role models for how we treat animals. Mm-hmm. And until they get on board of role modeling um, kindness towards all, towards right. all creatures, mm-hmm. it is going to be a hard go for us to get protection for farmed animals. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we know that anybody who, who's met a pig or cows or chickens with their ability to feel pain, it's no different than a cat or dog. Right. They have and the same range of emotions and absolutely. and love. It's just we've never, as a society, had the opportunity to learn that they have the same personalities as the animals who we have arbitrarily decided are pet animals as opposed you're, to food you're animals. You're absolutely right. Um, and it is I very arbitrary. It, it was years ago when I was working for a humane society and a stray little piglet came in through our front doors 
was an animal control officer that found her, and she was a stray, and he brought her in, and she's screaming madly, as pigs will do, and we oohed and awed, and we tried hard to find her a home, and we couldn't because everybody who was interested in adopting her wanted to barbecue her, and oh. our adoption staff wouldn't hear of it. We uh-huh. were an SPCA. Yeah. However, however, that same week when we rescued that piglet and people were working so hard to, to find someone to adopt her, um, the same shelter served ham at the event, the fundraising oh. event. And it's like, what's the difference? Does that pig have, you know, have have moral worth because she came in our front doors as a rescue? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then those in the grocery store that have already been slaughtered and had a horrendous life, do they have no value? Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I think all all animal rescue organizations need to, I think, do some serious reflection and um, and look at their policies. Definitely. Well, these are all excellent discussion points. I wish we had the whole show to talk about it, but we are just about out of time. So before I let you go, let's give out your website address one more time. Well, our website is animalplace.org, and then our website for our Food for Thought campaign is foodforthoughtcampaign.org. Excellent. And we need to take one last break, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Today, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., plan on heading over to the Southern California Pet Spectacular at the Fairplex in Pomona. With tons of animal-themed exhibitors, fabulous prize giveaways, adoptable pets from shelters and rescues, agility demonstrations, live entertainment, and so much more, you're bound to have a fun-filled weekend. For more information, visit www.socalpetspectacular.com. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org or find us on Facebook. We're listed under Pet Place Radio. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.